I saw your be good baker running by again the other day, says I to old Mr. Brennan. Ah, yes, says he. I've never seen her stand still. And she's running rings around the rest of us with our Brennan's be good bread. Only 60 calories a slice. 60 calories, says I. That's just a whole meal, is it? No, says he. It's the whole meal, the whole grain, and the waste. 60 calories a slice and high in fiber, whatever way it slices. That's why anything baked is better with Brennan's. Today's bread today. Are you feeling lucky this St. Patrick's Day? Easy Living Furniture has a pot of gold waiting for you with absolutely everything reduced across sofa, dining, bedroom, mattress and accessories. Get the three-seater dark grey Harper sofa for only 459 Donut 240cm dining table for only 289 and much more. Don't miss out on these lucky savings at Easy Living Furniture. Find your local store online at easylivingfurniture.ie this is an Irish independent podcast. Today on the Indo Daily, is the party over for Boris Johnson? With a scathing attack on those investigating him over Partygate, Boris Johnson tonight sensationally quit as an MP. A day after it emerged, he received a parliamentary report into whether he misled MPs. His departure as British Prime Minister and as a Tory MP was quite the hangover from the Partygate scandal. He labelled the committee a kangaroo court and claimed he was a victim of a witch hunt. After findings by the police that he broke the law and by a Westminster committee that he misled Parliament, Johnson is off the guest list. The Privileges Committee says he lied on oath, having already lied to the Commons about lockdown Partygate. There are 104 references to misleading in the report and the committee says Boris Johnson did it deliberately. Now that MPs in the House of Commons have had their say on the damning report, what impact does this have on Boris's future in politics? He's a big one for three-word political slogans. I think you can now sum Boris Johnson up in two words. Yesterday's man. I'm Fiona Sheehan, and today on the Indo-Daily, I'm joined by former Sky News correspondent and media consultant Enda Brady to discuss whether this was one scandal too far for Boris Johnson to come back from. Enda, this entire affair goes back to the Partygate scandal, as it is now referred to. What, what was that? So, effectively, you had Boris Johnson and his government they implemented three separate lockdowns on the British public during the course of the pandemic. People weren't allowed to leave the house without good reason. You were not allowed to see friends. There was no socialising. Same as Ireland. Every pub, every restaurant, every club, absolutely everything was closed. And we all got used to this new way of living. But then drips and drips of information and leaks started coming out of political circles in Westminster suggesting that perhaps people in Downing Street and inside the government at the highest level had not been practicing what they were preaching. Sure enough, there was a video of Boris Johnson's official spokesperson where she was doing some media training and a question was asked about lockdown breaches and partying. Is she some mine all right? It was a business meeting. <laughs> this is recorded. This fictional party was a business meeting. And it was not socially distanced. She laughed her way through it and that clip became public and she had to go. 
and then more stories arrived and then there was pictures and lo and behold there's even video evidence now it's the first Partygate video to emerge, released by the Mirror, showing dancing around social distancing signs and drinking at Conservative campaign headquarters. Here, someone asks, are you filming this? Another person jokes, as long as we don't seem like we're bending the rules. So lots of repeated breaches, but Partygate and this Privileges Committee, they have a Privileges Committee in Parliament to uphold politicians to the highest standards. They've investigated Boris Johnson and they've concluded that he deliberately misled Parliament on five occasions, effectively lying, saying that there'd been no breaches of, of the rules. And it's just so bad, you know. When did Johnson first start coming under pressure here in terms of being asked about it both publicly and in Parliament about what exactly had happened? So it would have been 2021, really. You know, the pandemic obviously started in early 2020. And all that drip feed of information came out in 2021 and he blustered and blundered his way through it and denied any wrongdoing whatsoever. And everything was uh, a work occasion. So he always had an answer for everything as he does. But ultimately, he ran out of road. The lies just kind of wrapped themselves around him like the tentacles of an octopus. And the end result is it squeezed the life out of his political career because I I just can't see any way back for him now. I think he's toast. And... Was there a police investigation as such? Did that come to anything? There was. There was a Metropolitan Police investigation which resulted in him effectively being convicted of breaking the law. There was a a fine for him and Rishi Sunak as well. People came in, presented him with a cake on his birthday. They sang happy birthday. He was there for about 10 minutes. It was not a premeditated, organised party in that sense. He, as far as I can see, he was, in a sense, ambushed with a cake. This was the incident with the birthday cake, which he described as, you know, the, one of his allies said was ambushed by cake was the phrase. I mean, you just couldn't make this stuff up. It's like Benny Hill writing scripts. It's that bad. And yet this fellow was the British prime minister. So the cake incident caused him a huge problem. Going down in history is the first British serving prime minister to be convicted of rule breaking and law breaking. Sunak by his attendance, also got himself a, a fine, a fixed penalty. And yeah, and this was all at a time when the public were, for the overwhelming majority of people, adhering to the rules. I mean, I remember going to my wife's friend's funeral and I couldn't even go into the service. I had to stand outside in the car park and watch as someone we knew and loved was laid to rest. And all this was going on, the, the drinks, the parties, the wine, the cheese, the suitcases full of booze, the DJ in the basement, one incident after another. Can we directly attribute the parties comprehensively to him stepping down as prime minister? Or was there a whole series of issues that ultimately just just culminated uh, in his departure? I think it was a political death by a thousand cuts, really. But ultimately, if you look at the parties, no one could defend that. And then... Sunak, Sajid Javid, there was just, those two resignations in particular brought the cards tumbling down. And then you'll remember every five minutes there was a junior minister or a cabinet member, you know, people were refusing to work with him. It ended badly, as it always does. I mean, Johnson did not want to go. It was clear to everyone when he resigned that day. I know that there will be many people who are relieved and uh, perhaps quite a few who will also be disappointed. And I want you to know how sad I am 
to be giving up the best job in the world. But them's the breaks. This fella should have been gone a long time previously. The Italians have a great saying that a fish rots from the head. And ultimately, leadership, you know, is partying and all of this went on on Johnson's watch. And you just, if you think back to the time of Tony Blair, when he was prime minister, this would never have happened. You just would never, ever have seen anything like what Johnson presided over. Him resigning as as prime minister effectively didn't bring closure to this. We, How has it come back at him again now at this point? So people keep leaking information and there's talk of family members partying and being invited to swim at Checkers, which is the big grace and favour mansion in Buckinghamshire that the Prime Minister has use of. And then over the weekend, of course, we saw that video that was leaked of the Christmas party. Terrible taste in jumpers and, and fashion aside, these were people partying like the last days of Rome, just as he was about to announce. And he went in front of the cameras with that kind of mock serenity and, and sincerity that he has, urging people to have a quiet Christmas and don't mix. And you can see people dancing the fairy tale of New York in the basement of where this party was at Conservative HQ, fairy tale of New York blaring out, wine glasses being knocked over as people crash into a table. I mean, the optics of it, it's just terrible. The timing, I suppose, of the release of that video showing that Christmas party in the tabloids at the weekend, you know, it's it's kind of perfect in terms of, of summing up what Johnson's issue is. Again, can we directly attribute Partygate to his resignation as an MP in recent weeks? I think yes, because he got wind of what was coming. With a scathing attack on those investigating him over Partygate, Boris Johnson tonight sensationally quit as an MP. A day after it emerged, he received a parliamentary report into whether he misled MPs. The former PM accused the Privileges Committee of driving him out. This Partygate report, the Privileges Committee, when they said that he would be getting a 90-day suspension with the loss of his parliamentary pass, I mean, that's seismic three months being kicked out of Parliament in disgrace for three months. He got an email. He was on a plane, actually. He was flying to Cairo on that Friday, the Friday before last when he resigned. And I think once he'd seen the report and he'd read it and he realised the game was up. And I think typical Johnson, try and spin the headlines. You know, he's ultimately a very average journalist. And he's realised that the only way would be to resign and cry witch hunt in true Trumpian style. And that's what he's tried to do. But it was like, it's damning, absolutely damning for someone like him to be booted out of Parliament with a 90-day suspension. So he's thought, I'll go first. I'll jump before I'm pushed. And now he's going to write some newspaper columns, apparently, and bide his time. The phrase that his supporters are using is saying he's going to go submarine. And then when Rishi Sunak sinks next year in the election... The plan will be, if he does sink, that Johnson will put his periscope up, is the phrase that his allies are using, and see what's around. The Privileges Committee, is it that powerful or does it tend to be kind of a more symbolic committee that looks at rules and regulations within Parliament? Well, normally it's a fairly dry affair. I mean, Parliamentary Privileges Committee, if you saw that on the TV political feed coming in, you wouldn't normally switch on. You wouldn't normally be that interested in it. 
Johnson has made out that this is sort some sort of Labour stitch-up, that it's a Labour conspiracy. This is a Conservative-dominated committee. There are more Conservatives on it than anyone else. And yet he's zoned in on Harriet Harman, who sits on the committee, um, because she's Labour. He obviously doesn't like her. And he's trying to spin it, that he's been completely stitched up here and that they've brought him down and Britain has lost its king. But amongst the Conservative Party grassroots, he he still seems to have some support which filters through to their MPs. Is it now still fair to say the Conservatives are split down the middle on Johnson or is his support waning? I think his support is waning and I think they realise that if they've to have any chance of even touching Labour in the election, possibly December next year, they need to forget this man, they need to distance themselves from him. And you're right, he does have a core support, but I would describe it as very wealthy, elderly people who live in the south of England in big houses with big gardens and have no financial worries. I mean, Finon, I've lived in Britain since I did the Leaving Cert in 1993. I have never seen the place as bad as it is now. There's 2,200 food banks. Inflation is running at 9%. The health service is in an absolute mess. And the government is spending upwards of £4 million sterling every day on hotels for asylum seekers. You know, the big Brexit lie that Johnson sold the British public, that everything will be great in the sunny uplands of Brexit, none of it has happened. I mean, it's been an absolute embarrassment. And that should be his political epitaph. Where is the Prime Minister on the Johnson question at this point? Uh, you know, it's fair to say he's a, he's a creation of the Johnson era. Uh, is he still in any way loyal or is he trying to distance himself and the party from his predecessor? So the word is the two of them can't stand each other. So Johnson sees Sunak as absolutely key architect in bringing him down. That resignation at the time, you remember Sunak was the chancellor. That's the second biggest office of state running the country's finances. They don't like each other. And I think Sunak is, look, the only reason Sunak looks in any way semi-competent or a stabilizing influence is because what's gone ahead of him, before him, was just so bad. It was a really low bar. You had Johnson, who couldn't lie straight in bed. Johnson's departure brought in Liz Truss, who I don't even know, I don't have, there aren't enough words in the English language for how spectacularly bad she was. She lasted six weeks. And then Sunak comes in off the back of that. So I think Sunak will want to really distance himself from Johnson, from that era, and move on at speed. But his problem is, you know, the economy is hamstrung, people are unhappy. And there's a real kind of hunger for change now. But unfortunately, the rules are the rules and there won't be a general election until next year. Meanwhile, bizarrely, in, in the wake of Johnson being gone as, as as prime minister, even gone as an MP, there are still legacy issues knocking around here. Talk to us about the honours list controversy. What was that all about? So an outgoing prime minister, normally, you know, if we go back to the days of Britain being run professionally, you go back to Gordon Brown, David Cameron, Theresa May, any prime minister who put in a fair stretch of time. I mean, Cameron did six years. Blair did, what, uh, a decade plus. It was accepted that an outgoing prime minister would be able to put forward a list of honours for key people who had served them and the country. Johnson's honours list, he put in a knighthood for his father, which, I mean, his father had no role in government whatsoever. Um, Johnson felt that was okay. 
There was gongs left, right and centre. A, a woman who barely turned 30 recently and was a very junior member of staff at Downing Street. Someone said the only memory they had of her was of stuffing envelopes for some canvassing. He's put her in the House of Lords, like with a peerage. So there was a huge controversy over it. Like Liz Truss, after six weeks in the job, she was putting people in for peerages and honours as well. So I think there needs to be an overhaul of the honours system in British politics. Ultimately, Johnson and Sunak had a meeting. Uh, the only other person in the room was Sunak's aide who took notes. And Johnson wanted lots of changes and everything basically to be ushered through so that people like Nadine Dorries would end up in the House of Lords. That means, Mr Speaker, that those who threw a Downing Street party the night before the late Queen sat alone at her husband's funeral will now receive awards from the King. If he's so tough, why didn't he block it? Mr. Mr Speaker, as I said, I and the government follow due process and convention. Prime Ministers, Prime Ministers of both parties have always upheld the convention of non-interference on political honours. And Jacob Rees-Mogg, a key Johnson ally as well, would get a knighthood. I think Rees-Mogg will get his knighthood, but Nadine Dorries ain't going to the House of, of Lords, that's for sure. What about the future? So it's not as if uh, Boris Johnson has taken a financial hit here. If anything, it frees him up by not being a, an MP to do to do other work. He still commands a quarter of a million for a speaking engagement. He's just signed a contract with the Daily Mail. He still has, shall we say, multiple things he, he needs to, to pay for, in, in, including children in, in several relationships. Um, he's not going to be short of a bob, is he? But the thing is, Finon, he never seems to have any money. Mm -hmm. This is I, I've been around this guy 25 years almost. And, you know, in any normal person's understanding of cash and finances, you, you're, you know the journalism game very, very well. Nobody gets half a million sterling a year for a newspaper column once a week. It's obscene. It's absolutely obscene. And yet, Johnson has just bought a four and a half million euro mansion just up the road from me. I live in Oxfordshire and he's about five miles away from my house. And that obviously needs to be paid for. There's talk of them buying another house in London. So he should be a, a cash generator. All these speeches, he flies to America, he zips here, there, picks off money. You know, any normal person should be able to accrue cash and manage their finances. And yet he always seems to have the bail booked, you know, the poor mouth. It's it's a very, very odd setup. Do we ultimately see any great comeback here on the political stage uh, from Boris? No, no, no. It's get, look, it's game over. I mean, he's a big one for three-word political slogans. I think you can now sum Boris Johnson up in two words. Yesterday's man. He's telling everyone in Oxfordshire who will listen that Churchill only became Prime Minister the first time when he was 65. So Johnson's very much aware of his age this week. Birthday Monday, he was 59. I don't see any way back for him because he has to get himself to be an MP again. The only way to become prime minister is to become an MP again. To get on the Conservative Party approved list, have a guess who approves that list, Finon? Rishi Sunak. Okay. Rishi Sunak is going to stay in that job until the next election. If the polls are correct, Conservatives will lose that next election. And then you have a leadership contest to get on the ballot to be the leader you need to be an MP. So Johnson is in no man's land politically right now. 
The next leader of the Conservative Party after Sunak could be someone like Suella Braverman or Kemi Badenoch. And put yourself in their position. You've just become leader of the Conservative Party, presumably in opposition. So leader of the opposition. And you want to get back into number 10. Are you going to sign off on Boris Johnson becoming an MP again, knowing full well he wants your job? Yeah, one last point, and that is about the person who, as you say, if the Tories are headed into opposition, Labour are heading back into government. Do you think that Keir Starmer, as leader of the Labour Party, leader of the opposition, has done a good job here on Johnson in that he made sure that he made statements on the record in Parliament that would then ultimately slip him up? I don't think he's done a brilliant job. I think my criticism of Starmer is that he hasn't been vocal enough. He hasn't been aggressive enough. He is no Tony Blair. I mean, I, I've met the man and he's he's a fine public servant. He spent a lot of time at the Crown Prosecution Service. He's one of Britain's best legal minds. But in terms of charisma, I think, you know, all his critics say he's quite dull and boring. In all honesty, Britain right now needs dull and boring for a couple of decades. And my thanks to Enda Brady for joining me today. I'm Fionn Sheehan, and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was produced by Tabitha Monaghan, researched by Dave Hanratty, with sound by Gavin Hennessy. Clips from the BBC, Sky News, Daily Mail, Guardian, ITV, and Independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo-Daily, don't forget to like, follow, and leave us a review. You can find more of our journalism on independent.ie or wherever you get your podcasts.